fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. You made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday. What's up? Welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you to death. Always appreciate you hanging out your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day what a transition from one to the other i just got done guest hosting armed american radio for the great mark walters he was out today on the plethora of stations that he's on always love feeling it although i felt kind of scatterbrained today gotta be honest felt a little weird felt a little my computer froze up on me and part of the way through the first segment so kind of had to banter my way through that one we got back on track but who knows who even pays attention to that stuff right are we doing doing all right that was wonderful yeah, Bravo. Okay. i loved that oh, it was great well it was pretty good well it wasn't bad well there were parts of it that weren't very good it though. could have been a lot better i didn't really like it it was pretty terrible it was bad it was awful it was terrible. get him away hey boo, boo. <laughs> Appreciate that. Welcome in. Bottom of the show, we have uh, coming up a lot of stuff to talk about today, obviously, for a Friday. I try to keep it somewhat lighthearted on the weekend or going into the weekend, but obviously there's too much to do to touch on that. Drew Thomas Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to focus on Trump and McCarthy and McConnell and Pelosi and all the great leadership on both sides of the aisle on what we could see the future of politics looking like. These Democrats are working to announced their new leadership within the party. Nancy Pelosi, obviously, yesterday stepping aside. One of the best bits of news that we've gotten uh, for, I would say, a year and a half. Could we just lump that in? A good year and a half, two years? That was probably the best bits of news that we could have heard yesterday with Nancy Pelosi stepping away. Uh, that's good. Let's be excited about that. So what does the future of both parties look like? We'll get into that coming up at the bottom of the hour. The inner fightings of the Republican Party as well is a cause for concern. I want to start off with some good news, though, with our What's Trending of the Day. A bit of good news. What's Trending Today. As it has officially been called in the state of Colorado and the western and southern portion of the state, is Congressman Laura, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert has officially won that seat again for re-election. The Democrat has officially uh, conceded as well, and therefore we have another victory. That pushes up to, what, 219, 220 seats in the House of Representatives. Eventually, when it's all said and done, we will be floating right around the mid-20s to 24-25-ish is what we're anticipating. There are still some lingering out in California. Imagine, if you will, 10 days after Election Day and we still don't have an answer on many of these races. That's insanity. Here's the other bit. Speaking of California, in our other bit of trending news... What's trending today? Yeah, we're doing two of those today. Why not? Because the city of Los Angeles has officially released their official statement, according to Deadline.com, where they are strongly recommending mask-wearing again with the variants BQ1 and BQ1.1, as that is the dominant variants of COVID-19 and cases soar in Los Angeles, California. This is what we're doing again, right? This is what we're doing again. Los Angeles strongly recommending mask wearing. We're going down this road all over again. 
got to be kidding me, man. I'm hoping that it just kind of stays contained within the Los Angeles city limits because they're nuts. I love California. I've been to California a couple of times. Don't think I've ever been to Los Angeles. And right now, don't know that I want to go to Los Angeles. But nonetheless, they are recommending the mask wearing again. How long until they start doing it across the country? How long until they start recommending that nationwide again? And as Joe Biden comes out to try to say, hey, we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and uh, have you wear a mask again because of a variant. If you haven't built up some type of natural tolerance to it yet, two years into the pandemic when it's an airborne virus now and we're breathing it in for every deep breath that we have, then I don't know what to do to help you. And the fact that we haven't learned our lesson from the first time when we realize the virus is too small and gets right through a mask, then again, I don't know what to tell you, unless you're wearing an N95 mask. But don't take it from me because I'm not a doctor, right? I get, <laughs> I get that a lot. Andy, you're not a doctor. You can't tell us to do these things. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you how stupid it is for other people doing certain things. If that's not common sense, I don't know what is. All right, for the main Issue I want to touch on real quickly here. We've touched a lot on what's going on in Washington, D.C. And while there is cause for concern for the Republicans and, and Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell on how we try to battle to slow down the spread of liberalism at the federal level, which I don't know how much we can slow down and stop, we're not going to be able to promote a whole lot of Republican agenda because we only carry one chamber of one branch of government. So we're not going to be too productive in getting things done. But the Republican Party is going to have to prove to us that they're worthy of getting the Senate and the presidency in 2024. And by that, I mean right now the leadership's going to have to, even though they know bills aren't going to go through, they're going to have to just pass massive amounts of Republican bills on guaranteeing Second Amendment issues, on trying to lower the budgets and lower spending and cutting and cutting taxes, and trying to cut spending at the federal level, and trying to cut the bureaucratic agencies in the states there, and trying to deregulate, and trying to actually pass a normal budget for next year. Those are issues, even though they know they won't win them, pass them in the House, force the Senate to vote against them, get them on record saying they don't want to do these things, and then say, hey, this is what we will do when we get a majority in the Senate as well and when we get a presidency, so please give us the power back in government. Because just trying to stop things in Washington, D.C. is not going to be enough. So Republicans, Kevin McCarthy, you say that you're excited to try and get an agenda done. Cool. I want to see action from that. And the only way that the Republican Party will begin to support Republican leaders again is if you show what you're willing to work on. And I don't mean just like do it for PR stunts as well. If you remember during the Barack Obama and they tried to do that, they tried to pass how many different bills to repeal Obamacare and it didn't work. And then as soon as we got the opportunity to really pass and repeal Obamacare, oh, sorry, we have to go to the chopping block and we have to start over and rewrite everything. Remember that? Mitch McConnell said it. Well, we have to write the bills to repeal it. We don't have enough time to do that. Dude, you failed on passing seven different Obamacare repeal bills while Barack Obama was in office, knowing he wasn't going to sign it, but just for the show of what you wanted to do. And then when we got the opportunity, you botched it. Big time. But as we move away from Washington, D.C., that was my big rant on D.C. You happy with that? Uh, we're concerned. We're optimistic. We're hopeful. But we're still concerned and reserved a little bit. We have to focus back down on the home front because 90% of politics is done at the statewide level and at the local levels with the county and with the cities. 
And we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes, which is I finally, in the last couple of election cycles, we've seen Republicans take over in school board elections, in county commission races, in city council races. There's a, what was it, a major, I believe it was city council in Miami, Florida? Where we saw a big Republican push there, and Republicans took the majority of the city council there, which was, as Donald Trump says, huge and bigly. Because it was the first time in a long time. Florida, thankfully, has gone red instead of a swing state, and that is good news. But we have to keep that pressure on at the local levels. There is a new bill out of Texas on a gender care bill that will protect parental rights with the hormonal treatments or the transition of, I use that in the air quotes, the transition of children in the public education system who may try to identify as something different. Now, here's my cause for concern in my words of wisdom for the day. If there's any election that happened this last one, it should, or coming up, it should be to reinforce the family values. It should be to reinforce the control over the home Life And I think that we got that taste in the last, not this last one um, a week ago, but in the last election last year with the governor's race in Virginia where Terry McAuliffe literally told parents that they were not important in their kids' education. I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. Stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. (laughs) That was insanity. They also went on to say that parents were just domestic terrorists if you did try to actually control your kids' education at the home level so i'm hoping that that was the wake-up call and it has been to a degree of parents realizing that they want to have control over their kids education and that they want control over their family household again now why we need a bill in the state of texas or anywhere to preserve the rights of parents to make the decisions for their kids while they're in the parents' home because they're still minors, why we even need to consider thinking about passing a bill like that is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Because to me, that's just the showing of insanity of where we're at today. There used to be a kind of a general assumption in society when we'd first started that we don't need legislation, we don't need a regulation, We don't need a government bill or law telling us how to regulate our lives because we had what we call common sense. It was minimal rules. Don't kill somebody. Don't violate someone's private property. Don't try to abuse somebody else. I I mean, it's really the conservative principles, the three pillars that we stand on here on this program, which is the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to private property. I say it all the time on the show, and once you hold those near and dear, you don't need a specific statement or stance on every single particular issue. Andy, the Constitution's totally out of date for things like cryptocurrency and online transactions and the interweb. They didn't have that stuff back in the day. You have to pass legislation on that. No. If you go back to the pillars of life, liberty, and private property, that's all you need. As long as you are not infringing upon someone's life and killing them, or bullying them, or causing them to go insane with mental instability with bullying or something else, then you're fine. As long as you don't trespass on someone's liberty to believe, say, or do what they do, as long as, again, that doesn't infringe on somebody else, leave them the hell alone. As long as you're not infringing on someone's private property, which could be their body, which could be their mind, which could be their uh, ideas, 
you know, patents out there, if they create something, if they create something with their bare hands, if they manufacture something, if they come up with an idea, if they have a tangible possession, whatever it may be, that's all private property. So, by the way, that would go into like every tax the government does on business or individuals. That would be a violation of private property there because try to not pay your mortgage or not your mortgage, but try not pay your property taxes for a while or for your escrow and see how well that works out. (laughs) You don't own it. That's a violation of private property. That is my land and you cannot touch it. That's not the way society is anymore. But outside of that, when we founded this nation, we didn't have a whole lot of other rules. We didn't have to tell people that you had to wear a seatbelt while you were riding your horse and buggy or when we got to our vehicle level. We didn't have to have bills like that. We didn't have to have bills saying that you're not allowed to say something because it's offensive to somebody else. We didn't have rules like that because we had a common sense that, number one, we don't do things to openly anger people or piss them off. And if you did, then you got the wrath of it, and then you take it outside, and you beat each other up until you're exhausted, and then you buy each other a beer, and you're all happy. That's how we used to resolve things. We didn't go out and shoot people up and have a mass shooting. Why? Because that was unnecessary, and we didn't have this pent-up rage because our entire life was controlled left and right. Why in the world does the state of Texas need to have a bill targeting gender-affirming care for minors to say the parents have the right and the say over what autonomy is going to be happening over their minor kids in public schools. This has taken the level of stupid to an entirely new level. We should be living life in a common sense form of, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be manipulating the hormones and the development of my child at a young age. If they choose to do it when they grow up, then all the power to them when they're on their own. I wasn't allowed to get a tattoo at home unless I wanted to be booted out of the house or end the financial assistance from my parents. Now, The parents don't even have a say about the hormones going into their kids' bodies? Come on, man. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. The big concern here, there's a bigger grand concern about this, not just the legislation in Texas with this uh, gender-affirming care, but just legislation from the statewide levels as well. We've slowly started to balance things out across the nation on legislative power. As you know, Republicans do very well at grassroots campaigning. And overall, we usually do well with the local level politics while we struggle at the federal level. We have some solid elected officials in your city councils, county commissions, state legislature, especially all over the nation. But then when the uh, federal level happens and we for some reason get these queer, these these weird, crazy rhino wishy-washy republicans that just can't stand up and do anything and it's really because we're trying to widen the umbrella too much to try and find an identity for the republican party and try and appeal to all different flavors of republicanism across the board and they've widened themselves a little bit too much the problem is though is that we used to dominate near 70 percent of all these state legislative chambers across the nation and right now we're not there Now we're at like 55% after this election, 54%, and Democrats control near 44 45% of other legislative chambers at the statewide levels across the country. Missouri, for one, my next-door neighbor here, where I'm based out of Kansas, Missouri just uh, recently flipped at least one of their chambers to Democrat, the first time they've done so in like 40, 50 years. That's insane. 
So be cautious because the legislature is at the state level, which is the barrier between the federal and state level. The federalism that we support in this nation where the states should be running close to 90% of government issues at the statewide level, not the federal level, which we don't really do a whole lot anymore, but we need to get back to it. If they do that and they start infiltrating the local levels, then we're going to be goners. We're going to be goners big time. And this is just a prime example of it. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing a bill like this trying to show that parents have authority over their kids' autonomy, especially as minors. But why in the world did we even need to do that in the first place? We're wasting time on economic issues and on border issues and on uh, other like important issues that the government should be handling. Not, gee, maybe parents should have a say in what their kids are doing at school. Absolute insanity. On the other front, I, I know the other big headline today was, of course, the Attorney General Merrick Garland that has assigned the special counsel to uh, investigate Donald Trump, which is stupid. We're going to get to that probably in the next hour, a little or in the next half hour, a little bit with uh, Drew Thomas Allen. But it, it's expected, right? Republicans took over. They're talking about all these investigations are going to open up on Hunter Biden and on the Biden family and the finances and all the corruption that they have. Which I say, okay, cool, that's great. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to spend a lot of time on these issues. We're not going to promote a whole lot of Republican agendas because of what we mentioned in the last segment because we don't have the numbers to do so. Totally get it. All right, fine. But unless you're actually going to persecute and prosecute the Democrats and Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden and all these other buffoons that have broken the law over and over and over again, unless there's actually going to be some result I don't care about an investigation. I don't want to just investigate them to look into them to spend money to try and use it as a political tactic with uh, the the people that are on the members uh, the members of the committee that are going to get their airtime and their 20-second clip of being angry and asking someone a very stern question. I don't give a you know what about that stuff. Unless Joe Biden's behind bars at the end of the day, it's not worth my time. Unless Hunter Biden is behind bars at the end of the day, it's not worth my time. Unless Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi or any of those are behind bars at the end of the day as we know that they are guilty beyond guilty beyond guilty of corruption at the federal level, unless they're behind bars, I don't care. Do your investigations, but leave me out of it and leave me alone because I only want to see the results. I don't want to say we're going to again do something and then have it not come through. But with the special counsel, this is the way for the Democrats to try to counter that. Oh, you're investigating Donald or investigating the Biden family. Well, we're going to start a probe from the DOJ to go after Trump to make sure, number one, he can't run for president. Number two, we can keep up these investigations. We're going to keep them up because they're that desperate. They're that petty, too. Let's be honest. How dare you investigate our people? We're going to do it tenfold to you, and we're going to do it through the Department of Justice. The timing of it's impeccable. As the transition of power begins and the January 6th committee goes to the wayside. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday, trying to get you into the weekend. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy two weeks, man. Ten days since Election Day, and we still don't have some of the elections called. <laughs> Absolute insanity. By the way, real quickly, as we went into the break talking about the 
DOJ investigating Trump now. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna nominate him. Is uh, Attorney General Garland has named Jack Smith the special counsel head for the Trump probes. This is the retaliation. This is them angry and bitter that the House of Representatives is ending the January 6th committee and that they're starting committees to investigate the Biden family. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all the crazy shenanigans that they've been doing, which is needed. I'm not saying we don't need it. I'm saying that we better at least have a result from it. I don't want a year-long investigation to come back and be like, yep, they're guilty. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Unless they're like behind jail, behind bars, or at least there's an impeachment or something that we can do in the House of Representatives, which is very easy for us to do now that we have the majority, at least by a slim margin. I want to see results. I don't want to see just uh, them going through the motions to at least say that they've done something in some way, shape, or form. But speaking of it, I was on the Tweety, which you can find me at Who's Your Reason on there. I don't know that I'm going to get my Blue Star certification on there. Don't know that I'm going to pay the 8 bucks a month to do that. So nonetheless, I will be on there at Who's Your Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason. I don't know why I keep seeing this guy's Twitter feed pop up on my newsfeed here all the time. I don't get, I don't follow him. I don't comment on him. It's just in my realm of conversation here. Every day that I get on the Tweety, Rob Reiner, remember that guy? Uh, smoking's like the most evil thing in the face of the earth and like we need to stop it. Oh, by the way, government's good. Remember that guy? Here's the latest tweet that he made a couple hours ago. We don't need a special counsel to determine that Donald Trump has committed a mountain of federal crimes. Merrick Garland, stop trying to avoid looking political and indict him right now. Again, don't know why that's on my feed, but there it is. Rob, and you're you're against smoking, dude. What do you have to do against Donald Trump? Good guy. Let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Oh, so much to talk about and get to as we kind of wrap up the week with some of the big announcements that have been made over the last few weeks, but excited to have back on the program. He's a great friend. We love having him on here. He is host of the Drew Allen Show podcast, which you can find him on his social media at Drew Allen, but the man himself, Drew Thomas Allen. Drew, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, it's good to be with you. Yeah. Great to be with you today, actually. So much to unpack, right? I feel like I feel like I've just been kind of running interference all week, trying to talk people <laughs> off the ledge and... You know, all of the, the, the you know, left-wing media out there trying to give us our talking points. It's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. Let's start off with the elections from last week. We're 10 days in. We have finally broken the threshold to have the Republican majority. We'll eventually get 222 to 225, I'm optimistic about, I think, uh, maybe. But I don't know how many are still lingering out there. But... That's all we did. We didn't win the Senate like we thought we were going to. We didn't win some of the majors governor's races like Carrie Lake and others as well. We didn't do the the red tsunami that was expected. We still won, so I'm proud and happy about that. But your take on the election and could we have done better and where did we go wrong here? Yeah, look, I mean, there's been a lot of blame being cast and that's fine. I don't have a problem with dissecting what went wrong. If the goal is to, you know, fix things going forward, I think this was a reality check for us. But I also think that we were all set up for disappointment. I got to be honest with you. You know, I, I had a bunch of, you know, friends and hosts out there. They were asking me to come on their shows. You know. Uh-oh. Did we end up losing him? Uh, Drew, are you there, my friend? No. All right. We're going to put him on hold for a second because for some reason we lost the connection there. Not sure what happened, but... It's interesting that he's had a lot of infighting trying to calm people down. I get the high emotions right now because we didn't do as well as we wanted to, but hopefully we can at least see the positive sides on some of the stuff. See if we got him back here. Drew, are you there? 
Nope. All right. We have to give him a call back here. Um, that's all right. We'll get him back on the program. Uh, it is something that we need to at least look optimistically about. And uh, you know me. I mean, I'm the eternal optimist here on the show. But Republicans did well. We just need to be the check, as he said, kind of the gut check for us as the Republicans. Where did we go wrong? And I think it's kind of what we touched on yesterday a little bit with uh, Kevin McCarthy and with uh, Mitch McConnell, that we need to have a bit of a check in power. Look, Nancy Pelosi finally just walked away, and they're looking at new leadership and Democrat side. That's cool. They don't have a whole lot of strength here. When are we going to do the same thing? Because the turtle of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy is not going to be the great saviors of the Republican Party. Just throwing that out there. In fact, the ones that have stood firm on some really important issues like, oh, I don't know, like uh, Governor Ron DeSantis out of Florida, he was the first one to be called on election night with a near 20-point victory. 10-point victory, whatever it was. It was called early for him. Dominant. And now we have the bickering between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, which is upsetting to say the least because right now I think Republicans need to actually unite and come together as opposed to start bickering on who's going to be the presidential nominee between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. But the media is fueling that fire. They're loving trying to do that inner bickering between those two. And it's time for us to calm down for just a moment and figure out where we went wrong in this one. I think we got him back. Let's see. Drew, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay? Hey, there we go. I got you now. For some, You just disappeared out into thin air there for a while. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I, you got to be worried because you you know you know where I live here in California, so it's possible you know I could be taken at any moment. <laughs> that is very true. They're coming for you. Uh, as we wrap up these elections, first off, I got to ask you about Kerry Lake and the state of Arizona, a relatively red state. The Hispanics are moving towards the right big time. I mean, we saw the uh, the Democrat strategists in the state of Texas that said overwhelmingly they were just giving up on districts that were seventy five percent plus Hispanic because they weren't appealing to them at all. I would assume that would carry over into the state of Arizona as well. But yet, Carrie Lake, one of the most beloved Republican candidates in the nation, lost by about a percentage point. What the heck happened down there? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know what the total is now. I mean, a couple of days ago when they were pretty close to being finished, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Hobbs pulled ahead by a little over 20,000 votes or something like that. Um, I mean, it's hard to unpack this. I don't blame Trump for this. You know, I mean, this is a, co- a collection of things. Uh, but But who's to say that? Uh, you know, there weren't 20,000 people, uh, even in Maricopa County, who, uh, you know, basically, I mean, weren't able to vote after 30 percent of the machines went offline. I mean, th- th- this is the real problem in the elections, because y- you just don't tend to have faith and trust in them. I mean, forget the polls, forget what the expectations were. But I mean, imagine if the postal office, office you know, imagine if all those employees came down with a bout of COVID or something and they were understaffed. And they couldn't deliver the mail-in ballots on time, or the drop-off boxes were stuck, and they couldn't stick them in there. I mean, you would—it would be anarchy, and the left would be calling for, for you know, redos and so on and so forth. And that is what happened in Maricopa County. I mean, you know, you, you look, people are working on voting day. You know, you don't have all day to go and vote. You carve out, you know, an hour in the morning before work to go vote. That's what you have to do. And you show up to vote in the morning, and you you, you can't actually vote. You're given options to leave and go somewhere else. You're given an option to do this. But the point is, you, you weren't able to do so. That's voter suppression. And, and, you know, you think the Democrats, if they had an ounce of integrity, would, would have an issue with that. 
Yeah. Yeah, you would think so. But they love the system. They love the way it's working. Uh, the, the, the crazy part was, was that Stacey Abrams, who really kind of like, uh, I guess, streamlined that process, streamlined using the drop boxes, streamlined using the mail-in, streamlined using the, the shenanigans for a loosey-goosey type of electoral process. She's the one that pretty much made that as popular and as, as productive for Democrats as she could. And she lost massively in the state of Georgia, which I find kind of ironic. Yeah, 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 it, it, it is. It's true. You know, it didn't seem to work there as much. Um, I just think that, you know, the Democrats have been ahead of us. I mean, they have changed the way we vote because of 2020. And look, we should have one one day of elections and uh, and there should be no mail-in ballots. But, you know, we've got to address reality and, and we've got to play within the system. You know, we can't be, you know, better than that if it's going to cost us elections and so on and so forth. So, you know, people are getting their heads screwed on straight in states where we do control legislatures and governorships. Yeah, we need to be getting rid of the mail-in ballot situation. We need to do it the way we want to do it. That's going to benefit us. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but in those states that we can't, we got to play the game. You know, California, you know, it's legal to harvest these ballots. So, you know, we need an army of, uh, of Republicans out there, activists who are going to go knock on Republican doors and sit there and drink coffee until that person fills out the ballot, votes Republican and take it and vote for them. Yeah, that is very true. Looking at the leadership now, we see Nancy Pelosi make her step down yesterday and say she's not running for any leadership position, that it's going to be the new generation. I don't know what that new generation is going to be because Democrats haven't allowed a new generation in there to run anything, at least any names that are popular that anybody knows of. The only one we know of from the other side of the aisle is AOC, and they've tried to shun her and keep her at arm's length as much as possible. How much of a disarray do you think behind the scenes or underneath the water, so to speak, with the duck floating there, is the Democrat Party, as Nancy Pelosi steps away, the old guard begins to fade off, and they're looking for new people to rise up when they haven't allowed or invested in that new future. Oh, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up and your audience gets to hear your <laughs> wisdom because this is a huge point. We have been told because of the midterms and unrealistic expectations and so on and so forth that this was a great victory for, for Democrats it was not, you know, we, we, it was a tourniquet election and, uh, and we were trying to just stop the, 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 you know, the blood flow, if you will. This exposes Nancy Pelosi stepping down, how fractured and how many problems they actually have in their own party. I do not like Nancy Pelosi. She's an awful human being, but she was a high, she was an effective speaker. I mean, Newt Greengerich was, was, was the goat in my opinion, but you know, she was good. She helped that, that helped hold the democratic party together. Certainly. And she's been there for like 20 years in these leadership positions, right? So uh, without that, you're going to have infighting. There's going to be jealousy. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a big thing because they're not set up to replace Nancy Pelosi. They're just not. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, she stepped down. I mean, she loves power. And uh, I think that also these Democrats know that 2024 is a different ballgame. You know, I say they had home field advantage in 2022, because they were defending far fewer seats than we were in the Senate. Yeah, but 2024, true. they're going to have to defend two-thirds. It's going to be a different one. Drew, hang on the line. I didn't realize the time here. we got to take a hard break. Coming right back around the corner. I want to, when we come back, focus on the Republican side. Leadership with McCarthy, McConnell, and DeSantis versus Trump. What we could look at is the future of the Republican Party moving forward. And to stop the infighting and the bickering within the party. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. That's what it's all about. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Friday, getting you set for the weekend. And boy, we go into a weekend with our minds frazzled. We have two weeks of elections. We've had the announcement from Donald Trump. We have the change in leadership in the House of Representatives. We have Mitch McConnell being elected again as the our Senate Minority Leader. I'm Mitch McConnell. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's crazy, man. The Democrats actually see that they're looking to transition, which they're in their own set of messes. They transition leadership and power with Nancy Pelosi leaving, leaving a major gap because no one has been able to fill those positions because they've tried to have an iron grip on them, as Drew mentioned. And they are now trying to fill that void. Republicans are going to be in the same mess unless we start doing something different. But instead, we have Mitch McConnell again with an overwhelming support from Republican senators for some reason. And now Kevin McCarthy, who I think, I mean, he's from your state there, Drew. I, don't, I want to get your thoughts on him. But it sounds like he's going to be kind of relatively the same go-along, get-along kind of guy as an establishment Republican. Yeah, they're exactly the wrong men, um, you know, when we need them the most you know, in, in, in America. And, you know, let's start with McConnell. Um, you know, he, he is our uh, Nancy Pelosi, except that he's not nearly as effective. Uh, and he, he actually does great harm to our agenda, as opposed to Pelosi, who rams the radical leftist agenda through. Um, you know, this is something that we as conservatives should be outraged by. We also need to have a little bit of, a little bit of perspective um, firstly, I just say this, you know, uh, in this country, you know, we're a, a republic, right? We, we vote for representatives uh, who then go to Washington, D.C. that are supposed to, uh, you know, fulfill our needs, desires, uh, you know, et cetera. And, you know, Mitch McConnell has a 7% approval rating, okay? So this is the real backstab. So it's obvious that none of us want Mitch McConnell. 7% approval rating. And yet these people that we vote to represent us go to Washington, D.C. after the midterms, and they support someone that we have made it very clear we don't want leading the party. Um, you know, this is, this is insane. And look, uh, McConnell's going to be reaching across the aisle with Schumer. They're, they're, they're going to have a meeting soon and talk about, of course, uh, you know, how you know, we need to work together, which means Republicans need to give in to the left. You know, when was the last time McConnell went on TV and said that you radical Democrats need to do what we want. You need to compromise with us. It right. never happens. And this battle's been going on uh, for, well, forever. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, rhinos, they were around under Reagan, you know, 1983-84. I mean, the guy wins, you know, uh, 48, you know, states, 49 states, and he's got rhinos. Republicans saying that, you know, they can't wait to get past Reagan, get rid of him so they can return uh, to, you know, a more moderate Republican Party. And this is killing us because, in my opinion, um, on the one hand, it's kind of impressive. We, we've had as much success as, we, as we've had as Republicans, even though we are constantly engaged in a two-front war in our own party and against the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party, they're united, you know, and they're just fighting us. That is true. I mean, it started to tear a little bit uh, over the last couple of years, I think, with AOC and the B-Squad that's kind of thrown a riff into that. But you're right. We've always had a two-front battle. we got just about a minute left here, but talk about McCarthy for a second. Is he going to be the one as the leader of the Republicans in the House to say, I don't care if we shut the government down for six months, we're not going to pass this absurdly ridiculous socialist bill that they try to ram down his throat? Because that's going to be my concern, is there's going to be those naysayers, him and 10 others in the Republican Party that end up voting with Democrats 
that's because we can't shut down the government. We can't do something bad like that. And I'm afraid that we're going to cave in like we have so many other times before. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would urge uh, every American citizen out there to send McCarthy a letter. Maybe they send him uh, the story about what Elon Musk just did at Twitter by eliminating 50% of the workforce. And we're all still working on Twitter just fine, you know. Uh, this is the thing, you know, they don't want to have a shutdown again because people are eventually going to wise up to the fact that we don't need all this bloated government. Our lives are not impacted at all because it's all unnecessary and it's used to, you know, basically keep us down and eradicate our right to make life difficult for us, you know. Um, but, you know, look, we don't have a choice. It's McCarthy. Uh, I do think we need to put the pressure on him and yeah. we need to pray, you know, that that, that, that that he will actually do something. But, you know, look, I don't expect much from him, you know, unfortunately, based on history. That is true. The goal that we can have right now, the best goal that we can have is just slow down some of these shenanigans that's going on there until we get to 2024. That's our best hope. It's Drew Thomas Allen. Drew, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. So much more going on. We'll get you back on on the show again here real soon. You too, brother. Talk soon. Hey, always a pleasure. That does it for us today. Boy, show flew right on by. We didn't even get to half of what I wanted to talk about. Guess we'll have to wait until Monday. Until then, be your own catalyst for change. Be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.